On August 24th, 10 years ago, the Southwood campus of Grace Bible Church opened its doors for the first time after months of preparation, prayer, and sacrifice. That first Sunday, 750 adults and children gathered to worship Jesus and to hear from God's Word. In those first few years, it was all hands on deck at Southwood as a committed core of adults and students invested countless hours to get Grace's first multi-site campus up and running. God was faithful every step of the way. The Southwood congregation grew rapidly and began to make an impact for Jesus, both in our community and around the world. So in the beginning, I think that if anyone had um, thought, uh, could see the circumstances that were going to be put forward in the first year and a half or so that Southwood was open, they would have told people, don't even open that campus because it's doomed to fail. And uh, we used to say you could uh, dance in the back of the sanctuary because there weren't even chairs all the way back to where there are now. I love um, watching all that God has done through uh, this campus. And um, I feel grateful for the opportunity that He uses me in places and in times to do His work here. With its close proximity to A&M Consolidated, Southwood was a welcoming place for young adults and families with children. Over the past 10 years, many of the kids who started in our early childhood program have become young adults who now help lead our youth ministry. In the spirit of the Great Commission, those young adults are passing along their faith in Christ to others who will one day repeat the process. Whether it be 7th grade or 12th grade, uh, everyone is just a big family and it's a godly family. It has definitely grown a ton since I first came here. Like whenever I was in seventh grade, the youth group, there was maybe 25, 30 kids and now there's close to 100 every single Wednesday and Sundays too, which is so cool to see Grace grow so quickly. Grace Southwood has always felt like a family, perhaps because we started small or perhaps it was because we had so many families join us in the early days who've stayed with us ever since. United by God's Spirit, these families found a home at Southwood. Our children and we have been encouraged to engage in spiritual conversations, teaching them at home, what are we we reading, what are we learning about, about the Lord. And a lot of that is just from Blake's teaching as well and teaching us how to study scripture and then we're passing that along. And I think hopefully providing our our children with a deep-seated faith as they go and grow onto onto their own. Our three sons have come to know the Lord as their Savior during the time that we've been here at Southwood. And, you know, a a lot of that has been the prayers of their Sunday school teachers. It's just been a real, it's a blessing to see that and to see that happen. I think for me too, you know, one of the areas that I feel like I've grown a lot in the past few years and really, I think a lot is a part of being a part of this campus and being involved with the ministries here is in the area of generosity and really understanding what it means to give of my time, of my resources, of you know financial, whatever those resources are, being willing to give of those. Seeing the real hands and feet of Jesus and the, and the people of the church has been really um, moving and exciting. But it wasn't only families who found their church home at Southwood. We were thrilled to see God lead college students to worship alongside us. Today, somewhere around two-thirds of our Southwood congregation are college students. God has used Southwood to reach and raise up countless students who've taken the good news of Jesus all over the world. From the beginning, I got to meet a lot of older um, 
um, married couples and families and just was immersed into their life so quickly. And I think that those relationships um, and feeling loved and poured into by them, just that that feeling of community was um, felt like a little piece of home um, here in College Station. I just have met so many people that are at Southwood that are so focused on sharing the gospel and spreading the word and that very much stood out to me and grown that passion for me for missions. As we celebrate our 10-year anniversary, Southwood is stronger and healthier than it has ever been. All the credit goes to God who has blessed our church and used us to help so many people find and follow Jesus. We believe this is only the beginning of what God plans to do through Grace Southwood. You know, we, we say this often. We're really kind of a small church in a little city that um, really has had the opportunity to impact the world. Well, good morning. Welcome to Southwood on our 10th anniversary. We're really excited to have you guys with us today. Now, I was an engineer before I was a pastor, so I like precision. This is not exactly our 10th anniversary. It was in August, but none of you college students were here. And Southwood isn't Southwood without you. And so we delayed it until you were back and we had a free Sunday where we could all be together. And so as I was preparing for this 10th anniversary, I went back through pictures from the early days of Southwood. It brought back a lot of memories. Some of those memories were really good, and I had just forgotten them over the years. Like, um, there was one Sunday where it flooded at Southwood, which in the early days it did a lot. We had a lot of floods out outside in the yard and sometimes inside here. Um, one Sunday I was at my, my window in my office looking out and I saw these two little guys struggling for water it, it, or struggling to get out of the water. It was two little baby bunnies. And so I ran to the kitchen and grabbed towels and ran out there and my wife Julie brought a shoe box and we dried them off and, and warmed them up and, and then other staff members took them up to the vet's school at A&M who nursed them back to health. And so if you've ever wondered what our business is at Southwood, we're all about saving both people and bunnies. Really, it was a very fun Sunday morning. But as I look back through the pictures, some of the memories they brought back were not so good. Like this particular picture, I remembered almost 11 years ago when I and a bunch of other men, especially deacons, were up here in the fellowship hall changing out 40-year-old ceiling tiles, and I learned a very valuable lesson. If anyone ever asks you to change out old ceiling tiles, please wear goggles. I did not know that. This was before I wore glasses. And so every tile, as you tip it to pull it out, 40 years of fiberglass dust went straight into your eyes and it scratched my eyes. They're all red. They hurt really painfully for weeks. Eventually it went away. And I, I honestly, I don't know whether my eyes just like worked out the dust or absorbed it. So I may have little bits of Southwood running through my veins today. I don't know. As I look back over these pictures and thought about my memories of Southwood, a lot of them, of course, were about the building. We spent an incredible amount of work to transform this into a space for us to worship. We've had a lot to do to this building over the last decade. But I think it's really important to clarify as we celebrate the 10th anniversary this morning of Southwood that this celebration is not about a building. What is Southwood? It is not the building located at 1901 Harvey Mitchell Parkway. Southwood is the people who call this place home. 
When you look in the New Testament about what a church is, it is not bricks and wood. Let's look at what Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2. He says, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens. That's what you were before you knew Jesus. But you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. You've been welcomed into the family of God. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. In whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. And what Paul does in this passage that's really interesting is he compares the church with the temple in the Old Testament. So let me give you just a a little bit of background really quick. If you lived in the Old Testament time period, so 2,000 or more years ago, and you asked someone, where does God dwell on earth? They would say, in the temple. Now, we know theologically God is omnipresent. He's everywhere, always completely present. However, he does cause his glory and power to dwell on earth in a special way. And in the Old Testament age, that was in an actual building, the temple in the city of Jerusalem. And so when that first temple was dedicated, here we get, we get the story of that in 1 Kings chapter 8. Here it is. In the priest's brought the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord to its place in the inner sanctuary of the house. That's the the Holy of Holies inside the temple in Jerusalem, in the most holy place underneath the wings of the cherubim. And when the priest came out of the holy place, a cloud filled the house of the Lord, for the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. In other words, when they came and dedicated the temple, God's glory, his presence, his power came to actually dwell, to live inside this little architectural space, the smallest room in in the temple called the Holy of Holies, the most holy place. That is where God dwelled on earth in the Old Testament. And so that shaped the religious practice of the Jews. So a few verses later, here's what Solomon says to his people. He says, listen, he's actually speaking to God in this line. He says, listen, God, to the plea of your servant and to your people, Israel, when they pray toward this place and listen in heaven, your dwelling place. And when you hear, forgive. Do you notice in the Old Testament to worship God, if you didn't live in Jerusalem, you had to have a compass. You had to have a sense of, okay, where is the temple from where I am today? Because the temple is where God's presence dwells on earth. And so I need to face that direction. That's where God's presence dwells. So in the Old Testament, it was in a building in Jerusalem. What about in the New Testament? What about today? Where does God's glorious presence dwell on earth Today, in a special way. Well, it's not the temple because there isn't one today in Israel. A lot of people, though, think, well, it's the church. The church building has taken the place of the temple. So we we come to church to find God. We come to church to be near God. However, did you notice what it said in Ephesians 2? Towards the end of the passage, Paul said that we're being joined together, growing into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together and do a dwelling place for God. What is the raw material of that construction project? What is God building his new dwelling out of? It is not bricks. It is not stone. It is you. It is people. People are the church. The building is meaningless. It is men and women joined together by the Son of God through the power of the Holy Spirit. We become the dwelling place of God on earth. And so today, if someone asks, where is God's dwelling place on earth? Do you know the answer? It's you. It's me. It's us together. 
we together are the new temple of God on earth, the new dwelling place of God on earth. And all of that is a whole lot of theology simply to say, this morning what we're celebrating is not a building, it's a people. It's a family who has chosen to call Southwood home over the last decade. What we celebrate this morning is the work that God has done in and through us over these last 10 years that Southwood has been in existence. This morning, we want to think about everything that God has done for us, and there's not nearly enough time to celebrate it all, but just a few of the things that God has done in this family who calls Southwood home. We think about the children's ministry. We think about it all the way back in the day. Who was here for Easter extravaganza? Back in the beginning, that was our first outreach. Not many of you are, were here then. This was how we tried to reach this community, our neighborhood for Jesus. And so we dressed up our youth pastor, Chris Pletcher, in a bunny suit and had him run around. And we did egg hunts and, and we got all of these kids together, dozens and dozens of kids, and shared Jesus with them. That was kind of the beginning of our children's ministry. A lot of our kids have grown up here in the children's ministry of Southwood. And so this morning we celebrate what God has done in their lives, how God has grown them and developed them. We celebrate the college students and the adults who have served so faithfully for the last 10 years in our children's ministry, making it a home for our kids. This morning, we celebrate Youth Impact that meets here at Southwood and is drawing in kids throughout the community from at-risk families, helping them to come to know and follow Jesus. This morning, we celebrate baby dedications. I have no idea how many we have done as parents have committed themselves to raise their kids to know and love Jesus. And that includes Julie and I with Luke and Grace see eight years ago right here as we committed ourselves to raise these two to know and love Jesus. We celebrate what God has done among the children at Grace. We celebrate what God has done among the youth at Grace Southwood. The youth group started out as a couple dozen kids over there in the fellowship hall just sitting on couches meeting together. It has grown over the years. Now it is hundreds of kids coming together to know Jesus, to learn about him and in Bible studies and Sunday morning groups and cardia and youth retreats and youth mission trips. There's an incredible amount that God is doing and we celebrate those kids. We also celebrate the amazing college students who have invested their lives in these youth so that they could grow up to know Jesus. God has done amazing things in the youth at Southwood. And today we celebrate the college students that call Southwood home. We celebrate how God has raised up literally thousands of students from A&M and Blinn to become part of our Southwood family. And then God has sent them away. And they have gone literally all over the world taking the lessons they've learned here so that they can share Jesus with other people. We celebrate this college ministry that began in the fellowship hall. It it was small at the beginning. It continued to grow. It continued to grow. Now they have to meet over at the high school. They don't fit here anymore. And so we celebrate these amazing things that God is doing in our college students. We celebrate how these college students are sharing their faith on campus and and out with sororities and all to the nations of the world. They're taking the good news of Jesus Christ. This morning we celebrate the families who have been worshiping with us here at Southwood over the last 10 years. We celebrate those families that have led us, our elders. The Colsons and the Jedekies and the Foxes and the Whites and, and the Barnbys. Here's the Barnbys at the very beginning helping us set up coffee socials. They would bring all the coffee and all the food to help us to be able to be a family together. And this morning we celebrate the deacons who have served us so faithfully and so humbly that I can't find any pictures of you guys anywhere. <laughs> 
I looked for like pictures of deacons and all of you are like averse to the camera. You're just so humble. We're talking about the guys that walk around with the name badges, helping you find a seat, helping you park, helping you with the offertory, with communion, with all of these things who've served us so faithfully. This is the best I could do. I think that's Brooks Moore over at the left from behind on the first Sunday that we gathered, but I don't know for sure. I couldn't find any pictures of Brooks from the front. Brooks has been leading our deacon board for more years than I can count. I think of all of the deacon families that have been such an integral part of the ministry here at Southwood. This morning, we celebrate our teachers who volunteer their time, like Miss Jane, who teaches our first graders. My kids went through her class. Many of your kids have gone through her class. We, we celebrate Paul Bolin, who leads Life Builders, and the whole team that teaches in Home Builders so faithfully over the years. This morning, we celebrate all who volunteer out on the front doors, welcoming us as we come in, like Ray and Cindy Montoya, who've been staffing the information desk from the first day. And I was actually looking and I recalled, Ray was my partner on that cursed day when we were switching out ceiling tiles. I talked to Ray about that today. He also had learned that valuable lesson. So it's him and Clark Ely and I just sweating like crazy, itching like crazy on that day. We celebrate those who've welcomed us as we come into Southwood each morning. We celebrate our talented worship team that leads us from the stage and from back in the sound booth. We celebrate the guys who've been with us from the beginning, David and Jason, who faithfully lead. We celebrate the sound booth guys, Stuart, who's not here for the one Sunday that I mentioned him by name, and even Sandfield before him, that make everything happen on a Sunday morning. We celebrate the staff who've given so much time to to Southwood, some who have sadly moved on but will never be forgotten, like the one and only Jason Weezapoppy. We celebrate Miss Pam, who is the face of grace, always at the center when you come and greet her. Celebrate Trey Corey, who now does all the work I don't want to do so faithfully and lovingly. We celebrate all those who have invested so much in our community here at Southwood. We celebrate the charities in town that we've been able to be a part of. Southwood has actually partnered with a lot of different charities throughout the Brazos Valley, bringing practical help to people who are in desperate need. We celebrate Celebrate Recovery, which has been meeting at Southwood on Tuesday nights forever, helping people in recovery from hangups and addictions. We celebrate all the mission trips that God has sent out from Southwood that have taken the gospel and the practical love of Jesus to those who don't yet know him. And I have only scratched the surface and my time is up. There is an incredible amount that God has done in and through Southwood over the last 10 years. And that's what this morning is about. Not a building, but a people who call this place home. This morning, we remember what God has done in and through our lives. And the reason that we're taking a whole Sunday to remember, just to pause on Philippians and stop and remember, is because remembering is incredibly important to your spiritual health. Here is what God says in Psalm chapter 78. How often they, that is Old Testament Israel, rebelled against him in the wilderness and grieved him in the desert. They tested God again and again and provoked the Holy One of Israel. They did not remember his power or the day when he redeemed them from the foe. Do you notice the cause and effect there? The the bottom is the cause for the top. Why did they rebel? Why did they go astray? Because they did not remember the goodness and grace of God. Now, that's not literally about forgetting. 
It's not like they intellectually lost that memory. No, they had seen God's work. So what is this about? This is about them choosing not to stop and give thanks. It's about them choosing not to celebrate the goodness and the grace of God. They did not meditate on all the faithfulness of God in the past. And as a result, they went down a path of rebellion. And that's just a spiritual lesson for you. If you don't remember and celebrate the goodness of God in your life, sin and rebellion will follow. That is why so often through scripture, we are commanded to stop and remember. We're told in Deuteronomy 4, Only be careful and watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them slip from your heart. As long as you live, teach them to your children and to their children after them. And that is what this morning is about. We are reminding ourselves and teaching the next generation, the the kids who are coming up, that God has been good to us. That God has been faithful over these last 10 years. And and that, that memory of God's faithfulness in the past, that gives us courage to follow God in the future. Because that's, that's how remembering works. When you remember God's goodness to you in the past, it gives you courage and boldness to continue to follow God courageously in the future. There is much that God wants to do through Southwood. We're helping to launch Creekside. We're thinking about new campuses. We're sending out more missionaries. There's much work that God has for us to do. We will only do it well if we remember his faithfulness in the past. And so this morning we are pausing to remember that God has been good to us. We're remembering his story of grace in our own lives. And there is no more powerful metaphor for God's work in our lives than baptism. And so that's actually going to be the center of our service this morning. We are going to celebrate men and women, boys and girls who are drawing into the family of God, who are saying that they are a part of this family that calls Southwood home, and we are giving thanks for them. So Trey, if you want to come up and lead us.